0: you <music> You're listening to WRS. Sally Friedman is an accomplished professional in the world of sport, very specifically football. She received the only full academic scholarship to study a master's in business and sport management at Griffith University in Australia. She has worked with Melbourne City Football Club, as well as a host of other huge names and UEFA in Switzerland. And she worked in different areas in the world of football, including marketing, communication, fan engagement, protocol, ticketing and spectator services. And now she is the author of the book Get Your Tits Out for the Lads. Sally Friedman, welcome to the show. Good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Kat. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Such a pleasure. So congratulations on the brand new book release. I've given a bit of your bio there and a bit of uh, your experience, but can you tell me a little bit about how you got so involved and interested in football? It, what was it about the world of football for you that really just made you so curious and interested and passionate?
1: Sure. So I grew up in Brighton in England um, and my parents both love football and we adopted Brighton as our, our local team. So from a very young age, I became a fan of the game, going to many home games. Um, I wanted to play as a, a little girl too. I've got two older brothers, but as a young girl growing up in England, football wasn't an option for, for me. I was told very firmly at school that football was for boys and that I had to play hockey or netball. Um, So I didn't actually get the opportunity to play football until I was 23 years old, Mm -hmm. which is such a shame. Mm. Um, But I got even more into the beautiful game when I started playing it. I also coached the game. I coached kids up to the age of 16. Um, So I've loved football, I think, from a very young age. It's been in my DNA. I've travelled the world to watch football. I love the noise, the colour, the passion, the escapism. Um, And when I went to study in Australia, which you read in my bio, I had a goal that after I'd studied my master's in sport management that I wanted to try and navigate a career within the football industry. Um, And after a lot of hard work and resilience, I, I finally got there and navigated a career through Australia, New Zealand, and most recently at UEFA in Switzerland.
0: So much passion so much drive uh, to play this sport from such an early age that even when you were told, no, no, you can't because of a completely arbitrary reason, you were still so motivated to do it. But now your book, Get Your Tits Out for the Lads, does suggest that there is a darker side that you've experienced.
1: That's correct. Unfortunately, a lot of people warned me when I got my first job in football. I, I heard comments like, oh, be careful, Sally, you're walking into a man's world. Are you sure you're going to be OK? There's a lot of pale mouse, they are dinosaurs at the top. It's going to be really tough for you. And I was very naive at the time and said, what are you talking about? I'll be fine. I'm strong. I'm resilient. I play football. I coach football. I write about football. I know the game inside out. I'll be OK. I'm strong. I'm independent. But Looking back, they were very right and I was wrong. Um, And I say that in my book, you know, it was, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want my dream to be tarnished. Mm. I wanted to work in football. I wanted it to be brilliant, happy and, and wonderful. And I didn't want to believe all these Comments that I was receiving, but um, yeah, sadly they were they were right and, and I was wrong.
0: You do start the book with an anecdote from Portugal in 2004, where it, it, you'll explain the book's title as it, it begins. The book care to share? I, th- I think I can sort of guess what happens, but uh, care to share sure, a bit Sure, you've,
1: you've given a, a great teaser there, Kat. Um, so <laughs> a couple of reasons for the titles. And one is yeah, it comes from a story of my first international tournament as a fan. I travelled to Portugal for UEFA Euro 2004 with one girlfriend and a group of guys. Um, they the, the boys in the group went ahead um, of us on match day. We were going to watch England versus France, and we said we'd meet them in the bar later on that afternoon. Um, they went ahead. My girlfriend and I were waiting to cross the road um, to approach our friends in this bar, and just one or two of the, the lads in the uh, bar noticed that these there were two females across the road waiting and they pointed at us and started singing the infamous chant, which I won't replicate on radio because I'm tone deaf and all your <laughs> listeners will probably chew now. Nobody um, needs that in their
0: head all day either. No, <laughs> Exactly.
1: So get your tits out for the lad was sang by just one or two of them. Very loud. We sort of looked at each other sheepishly embarrassed. But, you know, at this point we were just focusing on crossing the road safely. Mm. But one to two, went to three, went to four, and very quickly, the entire bar, which was 99% men, I'd say two to 300 men at the top of their voices, did this roaring crescendo rendition of get your tits out for the lads, while simultaneously pointing at the two of us. Um, And, you know, at the time, we were young, we we thought it was a bit of fun, we smiled, we got across the road, we met our friends, and we laughed it off. But... Looking back, let's take stock. If that was the other way around and there were a group of women in the bar and there were two guys approaching, we wouldn't be singing Get Your out for the ladies. Um, so why is it okay the other way around? It's not okay. Um, and it's great that you were able to say the title on radio. A lot of the interviews I've done haven't <laughs> been able to say the title on, on radio because they thought they might get sacked or they had to seek editorial permission. Yeah, it's okay for 200 men to sing it to to me. So um, that's a little exactly. bit of the background behind the title.
0: Exactly. And I guess what, what starts off as a, a moment where it's a kind of an eye roll moment, so you think, oh, come on, get over it, uh, then becomes actually Something where you feel quite threatened, and I think when you talk about laughing, I think sometimes people don't realise that laughter actually is—it's because you're, you're trying to play it down and stay safe. It's not because you find it funny. That's actually a bit of a defence mechanism, and and you talk about how that almost sort of comes so naturally uh, to to laugh it off. But it's because you just need to kind of downplay it, right? You need to to get on with your day or cross the, cross the road.
1: Exactly. As women, sadly, I think we've been conditioned. That's our defense mechanism, as you rightly said, to brush it off, laugh, keep calm, carry on. That's okay. That's that's acceptable behavior. We're just, you know, we don't have a voice in this this situation. we will just laugh and and carry on and you know similarly with the Spanish saga which has been all over the news the last few weeks a video emerged don't know if it's accurate but of some of the Spanish girls laughing on the bus post-winning the World Cup when they're watching back the video of Hermoso getting kissed on the lips and Mm. you know that was all of a sudden going to be his defense oh well they're laughing so they must have enjoyed it you know and it's just like hang on a minute that's taken completely out of context, and. We don't know if that video was was genuine anyway. The BBC weren't able to verify it, but it was all over the media for a couple of days. And Lewis was trying to use that as his defense to say, well, if they're laughing about it, it must have been OK. So it's a va- very valid point. And I think as women, that is our defense. And it's not sometimes until two, three, four days later when you look back in hindsight. And I talk about that through some of my stories in the book that at the time, I don't do anything. I don't speak up. I don't react. You're kind of shocked. You're kind of, did that just happen? And it isn't until you go home that evening and think about it or talk to a family or close friend about what happened that they make you realise, actually, that's not okay. Mm. And you should speak up about it.
0: And for the rest of the book, are you talking a lot about the sexism and misogyny in in the world of football sport? I and mean, where does the, the book then go from this very first story that has given the book the title?
1: Sure. So it navigates through my career. So it starts, as I say, in 2004 in Portugal, but then I talk about my time in Australia, which started in 2007, where I studied. And then I worked at the AFC Asian Cup, which is like Europe, but in Asia for the men's tournaments. And I talk about some issues there where I was protocol manager. Um, then I went to Melbourne City, Wellington Phoenix, and most recently at UEFA. So the, the story What's sad about it is that if it was just one individual being a lunatic, then perhaps I could forgive and forget and move on. But it was systemic throughout my career, wherever I went, my book's 180 odd pages. It could have been an encyclopedia. Not every single story is in there. You know, I had to cut some down. And it's also intertwined with research to back up the points that I'm saying. So there's a lot of anecdotes. It's quite dry. It's quite conversational. There's no jargon in there. Friends that have read it have said it's very easy to read. It's just like I'm talking to you now or having a chat. Yeah. Um, but there's some research in there to back up all my points as well.
0: If you want to buy the book, read it, digest it very slowly and calmly, Uh, where can you buy this book? And also um, tell us, I know that you're doing a book reading in Geneva coming up.
1: Yes. So in answer to your first question, it is available on amazon.co.uk and they do ship to Switzerland. I know Amazon doesn't normally work for a lot of things in Switzerland, but for books it works. So you can get it on amazon.co.uk. And the event that you mentioned that's coming up is in Geneva on the 11th of October from 6pm till 8pm at the Foundry Restaurant. So I'll be doing a book reading. You can meet me, you can buy a signed copy of the book and you can ask me any questions. So if you're able to make that, save the date, the 11th of October.
0: Sally Friedman, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for telling us all about your new book, Get Your Tits Out For The Lads. Wish you every success with it. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much for your time today. Enjoy the day ahead. Thank you. Thousands.